Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Uh, we are in our last, I'm Ben, the lead pastor, and we are in our last week of our series, I Believe in God, But. I want to welcome those watching in Issaquah, Duval, and Woodenville, Bothell as well. Uh, if you want to take your notes out of your program, uh, we're going to look at one of those areas that I think can be uh, tricky for us. Uh, and really, this is one of those problems uh, that occur. There's some problems that we just have in life. And there's one of those problems that can occur actually when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, it's quiet in here. <laughs> are, are you guys sad about the sun not coming out much this week? Are we okay? Anyone going to any, to any graduation ceremonies? Yeah, okay, oh, you don't have many friends. Okay, no, I love you guys. I, I, it's good you're here. You know, no one stands alone. That's one of our themes here uh, at Timberlake Church. You're gonna make some friends here today. Uh, that's a good thing. I actually, to, I just wanna let you know, I was asked uh, for the first time, and I'll tell you why I think it was the first time, uh, to uh, be part of one of the baccalaureates at uh, one of the high schools uh, around here. And I think, you know, the great thing is uh, uh, people know our church. We're one of the largest in the region, uh, particularly in this region, probably the, uh, the largest church. And so they're sort of worried about inviting, you know, that pastor. They're worried about what I'm going to say, which is, is fair. My wife every weekend is worried about what I'm going to say. And so, you know, not a real big deal. Uh, but they figured probably since my daughter was one of uh, the seniors, she's uh, graduating, uh, is that they would invite me. And they said, but, you know, I hope you're not offended. We're just going to have you do a reading. And I said, yeah. And uh, then they were like, hey, what reading are you going to do? You know, just want to remind you, there's people from all sorts of faith backgrounds at this. And, you know, don't, you know, basically they're trying to say, make it, don't make it too religious. And so tell me what you think. This is what I came up with. Um, it says, then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire for the devil and his angels. <laughs> I'm thinking that'll get their attention. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. That's out of, it's a Bible verse, but it is out of context. You know, there's, it, it can be awkward. It can be awkward when people talk about faith. And we're looking at today, I believe in God, uh, but it seems a little bit weird to share my faith. I know what that's like. I was on the receiving end uh, relatively recently. I was with my doctor. I was with my wife as she was going to the doctor's office for a follow-up visit after she had had some health problems. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just minding my own business. I have my headphones in, which is the, by the way, for some of you who don't get social cues, let me help you out a little bit. Headphones in means don't talk to me. That's what that means. It's a universal sign for that. Uh, and I'm watching a TV show on my phone, uh, and then a guy comes up to me. Uh, and he goes, uh, 
you happy? And I'm like, well, you know, in an existential, you know, sense, I'm, I'm happy. Right now, a stranger is coming up and bothering me. And, well, I'm catching up on some really important TV shows on Netflix. So maybe a little annoyed right now. And then uh, he, I, I didn't tell him all that. I was just thinking that. But I think my expression showed it. So, uh, and then he uh, said, you know, um, for, he was sharing his faith. He goes, you know, Buddha is happiness. And he started uh, to tell me uh, about, which I, I knew a, a little bit about the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path and all of that. And I'm like, man, this just seems like a lot of work to me. And uh, really, he was trying to share his faith. And when we think of sharing our faith, we think of that. And by the way, he didn't have, you know, the approach, you know, like, hey, what's your name? How's it going? What you watching on Netflix? Do you think God wants you to watch The Walking Dead? You know, these are things that he should have, uh, these were legitimate questions uh, that he should have been asking me, that I ask myself all the time. Uh, See, we know what it's like, you know, or how about, you know, because some of our friends at work, you know, that, that Christian friend at work that goes a little bit overboard, that everything's an opportunity. You know, they're in the elevator. Are you going down? No, I'm going up to the sky with Jesus. I just want to let you know that. You know, is this chair saved? And no, it isn't, but you can be. And so, you know, uh, and we think about this and we're like, I, we're, we're like, I believe in God just without the crazy. And so uh, we, we can have this tension when it comes to sharing our faith. And I know some of you, last week I even talked a little bit about money. You'd rather have me talk about money than this because this one, it seems so difficult. But let me help you to understand uh, not just what God says about it, but, but let's look a little bit of the why behind it. The Apostle Paul makes a a bold statement. This is our first scripture. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. See, he had 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 his world rocked. He thought God was just for some people, most people in that day. In fact, many people today believe that God is just for some people of maybe a certain ethnic group or, or, or maybe race or people who are from a certain region of the world. But God had made it really clear to him and he had been a religious guy, but he missed out on it. That God, his, his, his plan is for everyone. It says for Jew and for Gentile. And we read that and we're like, okay, that's what it says in the Bible. Everyone else would be, you've got to be kidding that God can love people like that. But I think for Paul, see, here was the deal in his life. He knew what it was like to be a person who was really religious and zealous for religion, but not have God deep in his heart and his life. He knew what it was like to hurt people and feel like, well, maybe I can't be forgiven. And see, here, here's the reality is we talk about sharing our faith. If you're here and you're saying, man, I'm not even a Christian, probably the best weekend you could ever be here is because the gospel, you've heard that word before, it simply means good news, that, that it is good news. Sometimes people uh, will share it in a way where it doesn't seem uh, like good news. You know, you ever talk to someone who's like they've been baptized in lemon juice? God loves you. 
<laughs> you know, instead of it's incredible news. I mean, if you've ever been to a football game, you've seen this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That God has, has a plan for us, and God has a hope for us. Now, I, I want us to, to think about this uh, in a sense from not only a, a Christian vantage point, but really from a, uh, from a vantage point that people have around the world. We all believe that there's some sort of hope, good news. I would hope that. There might be some who are so pessimistic that they think there's no purpose in life or love. The question is, how good is your good news? And you think about that, today in our society, uh, the new ethic, and this is not so new anymore, is tolerance, right? And, uh, you know, I'll get people who will overreact. Oh, tolerance, I, you know, that, that's all that mumbo. No, tolerance is a good thing, right? Tolerance is that, you know, I love the fact that we live in the United States, free marketplace of ideas. And Christianity, by the way, always does really well in the free marketplace ideas. There's some faiths, honestly, that don't survive very well without uh, out some sort of, this has to be the way you believe and think. And, but you think about that. How good is the good news of the new ethic? Tolerance. You're like, well, we should you know, treat people. Yeah, that's great. But if our highest ethic is tolerance, how many of you would say, you know what I really want in life? You know what would make me feel whole is if someone would tolerate me. How many of you would say, you know, you go to your child and you say, you know what, honey, we really tolerate you. No, think about that. We're shooting, you're like, well, that's ridiculous. I agree. Is your highest ethic to simply say, we will tolerate you. We won't, we won't you know, try to hurt you or anything. We will let you exist. And you're like, wow, I, I get that warm feeling right here, you know? Uh, if, if, if tolerance is, and the funny thing is when you shoot that low, if you hit your goal, it's not very meaningful. And if you don't hit it, it's intolerable. And then there's a golden rule. Uh, we treat others the way you want to be treated. Now, uh, that's not bad. Actually, it's based on a Bible verse where it says, uh, do to others as you would have them do to you. And uh, th that we would want that. But sometimes we don't even maybe love ourselves enough. See, if you're a Christ follower, here's our assignment is to love others the way that Jesus loved you. And see, I don't need to guess about what good news is. I know what Jesus did, is that he expressed love in a powerful way. Jesus said this, he said, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know uh, you are my disciples if you love one another. That, that's how we know uh, that we're a follower of Christ. And, and see, that's, that's an incredible assignment and it's good news. Sharing your faith is not about being right. It's not about making a point. You've heard me say that our church is not about making a point. We're about making a difference. It's about sharing good news. It's living in a bigger reality that can define my reality. 
So I, I know uh, a lot of you contacted me and I appreciate this. And because and, I, I think about this when I think about my mom and many of you know that my mom uh, passed away this week and uh, it was, uh, you know, it's always hard. She was in hospice care and so you know it's coming but it's still hard uh, when it comes. But my, my mom in many ways is really an expression of, uh, or she expressed and embodied that good news. And you might say, oh, so you were raised in a religious house and she was one of those grandmas who prayed for you every night. Actually, not at all. My mom lived very, very far from Jesus uh, uh, most of her life. And you say, oh, that's, you know, would she want you to say, she'd be the first one to tell you. She was in her 50s and, you know, it was uh, uh, relationship after relationship and drugs and everything else. She had tried every religion uh, there, there was, every New Age system. And finally, someone came uh, and shared Christ with her. We had tried, I'd actually become a Christian before, and she, a couple of us kids had become Christ followers. And she was curious, but she hadn't crossed the line of faith. And she would tell you that when you go down a certain road, maybe a self-help method or a faith system that doesn't work, that it's really a cruel joke in many ways. Because when you're looking for hope and someone gives you false hope, nothing is more cruel. As I said, my mom uh, came to faith, someone, just some friends who, who shared uh, coffee after months after months, and uh, she became a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and uh, really that is what she held on to so much uh, in her life. And I just see the impact that it had in her life in so many ways, and I've shared those stories. Many of you know that I drive down, or drove down about every week down to Tacoma to visit her, and she was in a, a care uh, facility, and she just had incredible peace and purpose with her life. She, she, for, for some of you, you might think and look around at uh, people who are very religious and say, man, I don't even think I could pull that off. You would have liked to hang out with my mom. My mom, uh, you know, you say, well, you don't know what I've done. And my mom would usually tell you, I've got you beat on that one. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, uh, no, and, and, you know, the funny thing is, whenever I would get a little bit uh, judgy, I, I'd say something, you know, about, you, you know, would be talking about someone, one of my brothers or sisters or relative would be doing something sort of boneheaded. She would say, oh, that may be true, but I just know what Jesus has done for me, and I just can't say anything about that. See, it's interesting, too. For some of you who struggle with biblical truth and loving people who live in a way apart from God, she never struggled with either. She knew God's truth was true, but God's grace was amazing, and that you could hold on to truth and grace. And that there's no one who's past God's redemption. She was in a 
for a long time in a care facility that had a dementia unit, and she was proud of her pastor son, and she would introduce me and always try to get me in religious conversations. She'd be, she would, she'd be like, I mean, I, I, I can't even make this up. She'd go like, hey, this is Phil. Have you met Phil before? My son's a pastor. Phil thinks he's Jesus. You two should talk. And I'm like, no, this really, uh, this really isn't a good idea. <laughs> But, uh, and she struggled with, with uh, mental health problems. And it's interesting, though, that whenever we would do devotions, I would do a devotion with her every week, is that there was that sense of calm and peace. And in the Bible, it says not to grieve like those who don't have hope. And as I've been thinking about that the past couple days, I've been thinking about really the hope that there is when it's not wishful thinking. See, Christianity, unlike my friend who tried to convert me, see, his faith is based on a philosophy. Christianity is based on events in human history and places that you can go to and people who we know their histories, and it changed everything. See, and that, that is good news. So I, what I'm going to do, I realize, you know, it's a funny thing for a church that's known for people coming to faith. I have people, uh, I kid you not, who come from other churches. They're like, I don't even go to your church, but I have a friend, and they don't know Jesus, and I know people come to know Jesus here. So literally, they'll bring their friend to our church uh, so they can find out about Jesus. But you know, the funny thing is, we, I haven't really taught much about how, how do you do that in a daily basis? And uh, that's just not been part of it. So what I really want to do is to equip you today, uh, to equip you to, to maybe bring your faith more to the forefront in your life, not just in how you behave and how you believe, but in how you share. But there's really five big myths that can get in the way. The first one is this. You've heard this before. My faith is private. Now, faith is personal but not private. Uh, that's important for us uh, to realize. We personally come to faith, but it's not private. Uh, we read in Matthew uh, chapter 5, it says, you are the light of the world, that God has a plan for us to, to really share our faith. Well, sometimes the myth will go to this one, is my life is a message. And your life is part of your message, but your life isn't your whole message. See, Christianity is not based on you being moral enough. Now, hopefully that'll happen in your life, that you'll start to live a life that'll honor God. But it's about what God has done on our behalf. I have a friend of mine uh, who became a Christ follower uh, here at Timberlake. He's shared his story up on the video screen. And here's, here's what he says to people at his work. He says, God is working in my life. He goes, I'm still a jerk. I'm just not as much of a jerk as I used to be and definitely is not much of a jerk as I could be. <laughs> and so the, but that's, that God is in that process. Romans 10, 14 through 15, it says this. It says, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one uh, that they have not heard of? 
And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And sometimes we think, you know, by the way, this doesn't mean get up on the lunch table. Say, excuse me, everyone. Yeah, if you do that, uh, I have many different churches you can tell them you're from. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Someone called me and they said, this just, just a few days ago, and it was just a little part of what I was talking about in the message. They were talking about a friend who had gone through some real difficult circumstances, I mean incredibly difficult circumstances, a lot of them of their own making, and said it was just that good news that gave hope. And see, people can see our lives, and, and by the way, if you, know, you think you're living a perfect life, that's way to go. But you know what that often happens without the message of Jesus? It's discouragement. It's like, how could I ever really get there? It's not about what we bring to the table. It's about what God brings on our behalf. Well, when it comes to sharing our faith, sometimes we'll say, it's just not my gift. You know, I, I'm, it's just uh, not my gift. Uh, how many of you are introverts? What I, no one's going to raise. I can't believe. Why did I ask introverts to raise their hand? I'm like, why isn't anyone raising their hand? You're introverts. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that was stupid. But, yeah, but, but the, the fact is that, uh, that in First Timothy, it talks about uh, Apostle Paul saying, do the work of an evangelist. That wasn't his gift. But just do that. Uh, share... Share your faith. Share your faith. You know, part of it can be, you know, and I, I, I'm glad that we have a church where people can come, and, and if you're here, you realize we're not into a lot of weird stuff around here. Uh, but there will be times when we'll have to share our faith. I told the uh, story, I'm, of course, thinking a lot about my mom this week, and I still remember how she would invite people uh, to church, but she never told them they were going to church. She'd invite them to lunch on Sundays and say, oh, by the way, I go right after church. Why don't you come with me? She'd trick them into following Jesus. And <laughs> I told you my wife, or my, my mom lived uh, without God for a number of years, but the, it would, there'd be times when we can have people hear about Jesus, but then times when we also should share our faith as well. And you think about it, who does God use in the Bible? God used people from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, just people who were available. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then another myth we buy into is I just don't know enough. Uh, and, and I get this, and this is where I'm going to dig in a little bit here because I, I want to I help you with this. One of the things you know is your story. And uh, if you're a Christ follower, what's that, what does that mean? And we get an example. I'm not going to go through all the verses of Scripture because it really would be too much in this setting to go through. But there's this one example of uh, a man who's being grilled by the religious leaders of the day. Jesus had healed him, and they're grilling him on all this theological knowledge. And, and he, he's like, I don't 
know all the stuff you're talking about. He says this, one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Or as my friend would say, I was a jerk and now I'm not as much of a jerk. And it really, if, if you get that opportunity to share your story, uh, here's really three components of it, is uh, the before. What was life like before God became real in your life? Was, uh, and it could be all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be this, well, you know, I was out on the streets, sort of gutter to God story. That may be part of it. Uh, or just maybe, hey, I uh, moved into a new neighborhood and I really not, hadn't thought about questions of faith and, and I met some new people and that's how I came to faith or I was, looking, I, I was lacking purpose in my life or I went through a crisis or I had these kids and uh, I'm like, okay, I want them to have a, a moral compass and I realized that it was more than about a moral compass when I, when I brought them to churches. What was that like before? And then how? How did you come to faith? What well, was that decision point for you? Maybe it was in a service, and after uh, the message, uh, I, when we did the prayer, and you say, I prayed with Pastor Ben to say yes to Jesus, or uh, you were at a, uh, at a restaurant with a friend or in your own room, and you said, God, I just need you in my life. I, I want you to forgive me of my sins and be the leader of my life. And then what's it like now? Uh, how has faith uh, become real in your life? How, how, did, uh, how has that changed who you are? As we think about that, we have our own story. But I also wanted to, at the end of this message notes, and again, I want to just equip you a little bit here, is uh, to give you just some scriptures if you ever have the opportunity. Or if you're here and you say, man, I, okay, Christian faith, this is like the sparks notes, the cliff notes to the whole thing here. Uh, in the book of Romans is one of the places. We find this all over in the Bible, of course. Uh, here's, here's what we find. Here's the story. It says in Romans 3.23, for all of sin fall short of the glory of God. And you're like, that isn't very good news. Uh, but that's true, isn't it? Uh, everyone, everyone knows we have some sort of moral debt, but the question is, how does that thing get paid off? It says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Again, more bad news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That God gave me a gift. As I was talking to my friend in the doctor's office, and he was talking about the system and it's like, okay, the system, I get it. I, if I was you know, trying to come up with a faith system, I'd probably make up something like that. But it just, what happens when I fail? And that gets to Romans 5, 6 through 8. It says, you see, at, uh, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you might say, hey, Ben, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very religious person. I came here today and you're talking about sharing your faith. I don't even know if I have a faith. Get this. If you get nothing else, get this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God has made the first move. And he made that on our behalf. And then so, 
Part of it is, okay, what do I do? What's my part in it? Our part is to acknowledge and to receive what God has done. Romans 10.9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so you say, I, hey, I believe that Jesus, as he went to the cross, as he rose from the dead, that, that miracle in human history that you know, every year a couple billion people celebrate, that that was for me because I need that resurrection life. Now, I know I went over that quickly, but I, I pray that you'll be thinking about that. You'll be thinking about that in your own life. You'll be thinking about that with a name attached and how you might even take a risk this summer. See, sometimes we'll say people just aren't open, right? And, uh, and I think people are open to faith if it's presented in the right way. I can tell you one thing. No one wants to be your project. If you're one of those, well, you know, I just, uh, they're really the project I'm working on. People want to be loved. And so when you share faith, I, I, sometimes God will give you an opportunity. I am actually a relatively shy person. So uh, if you're on an airplane sitting next to me, most pastors have these great airplane stories. Like, oh, I was on this airplane and, and I just met this person, never knew him before, and talked to him, and 10 minutes later, they, were, uh, they became a Christian, and then the plane got into trouble. It started going down, and we had to evacuate the plane, and then they had a parachute, and they went into a village, and they led the whole village to Jesus. And now, you know, and uh, I wish I had stories like that. Uh, I have stories like, yeah, I tried to ignore this guy, <laughs> um, but I remember when I was in college uh, at University of Washington, which, by the way, is not a Christian school. The uh, <laughs> and uh, the there was someone in one of my classes, and she asked me, and she said, "Ben, how do you become a Christian?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, what am I supposed to say there? I don't know. It was just one of those opportunities." And God will give you opportunity. The question is, are we going to take that opportunity? Are we going to, when people are open? When I first came to this church, and I've shared this story before, uh, I, as this church went through a lot of changes, uh, as Timberlake is today, not only a lot larger in many different places, but as we got back to our core mission, uh, I had one person who uh, came, and he was sort of known as one of the theologians, and he said, hey, just one thing you have to know, people in this part of the country, the Northwest, they're not very open to Jesus, and so if, you, if this church is going to grow, you know, Christians will just go from church to church, but you're never going to reach anyone. And I'm like, oh, thank you, discourager, you know, <laughs> and literally this guy, and he's like mad at me, you know. And I just said, uh, I don't think God said, you know, I can create the universe, I can raise Jesus from the dead, but when it comes to these hipsters and techies, you know, uh, uh, they're beyond hope. <laughs> and I know some of you may believe that about the hipsters. But anyway, the, uh, so, no, people are really open. 
In fact, you know what? People search for God so much, they'll buy into stupid stuff. Not, they're not dumb. But they'll buy into some system how they're really God. I mean, does anyone, I, I mean, truly, do you, do you believe, if you believe that, that's just not true. I mean, you know that. Or that everything is just this cosmic accident. Even atheist scientists are turning away from that. People are looking for God. But maybe sometimes the religious systems and all of that have just gotten in the way. And we think about that all the time as a church. God, God we just don't want to get in your way. Because, as I said, I, I think this week uh, about my mom, don't want to emotionally bleed on you, but if you were going to look at, at her life, I'm glad that people said, you know, someone who's been you know, married eight times, someone who's done all, yeah, they're probably, not. no, just said, no, God always, God can always take a person no matter how far they think they've fallen, no matter how far they think they've gone from him, no matter how deep the despair or dark the secret, and bring his hope that will change everything. And for you, it may not be about sharing faith. It may be about receiving faith. It may be about the very thing that Jesus wants to do in your life today. Where, you, where you'd say, you know, it scares me, God, to come to you. But I'm not going to let my fear keep me from stepping into this moment. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.